In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. We've considered the goodness of God's creation, a gift for us, and our place in them, within that creation. We are sons of God, a divine filiation, and we are called to be saints within that world that God has given us. And Lord, we want to, want to uh, receive that fire that you speak of. The Lord said, I've come to cast fire upon the earth and would that it be burning. Well, the only obstacle to that will be sin and we can fight against sin. Yes, the, the, sort of the big obvious ones, but maybe a more insidious danger for us might be those, those little sins in which we uh, cut corners and not really give our best to God. Well, in the word, lukewarmness. Yeah. The title of a book by a, a priest named Father Carvajal is Lukewarmness, the Devil in Disguise. I suppose in a way that is more of a danger for us than say hatred. I mean, hopefully we don't have any hatred in our soul for, for any particular person or group, but uh, lukewarmness, yeah, that, that, there's a certain possibility of that, right? It, making excuses for ourselves or, or comparing ourselves to others and saying, well, I'm, I'm doing okay, I'm doing better than that guy or that, that other person. Well, no, it's the, the measure is Jesus Christ. We're called to be uh, imitators of God, St. Paul says. And we look to Jesus and his sacred humanity, and that, that, that's, that, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one we want to imitate. And therefore, we, we can pray with, with Psalm 63. Your kindness is a greater joy than life itself. Thus my lips will speak your praise. I will bless you all my life. With uplifted hands, I will call on your name. So there's a certain movement here in this prayer toward God, using our freedom to go toward God with uplifted hands. Well, how is my... Uh, Use of time, for example, how, how, how's my attitude when I've sensed the call of God to, hmm, to do His will? There might be a certain resistance. I think we have a wonderful uh, lesson here from the painting of the wedding at Cana. Because we know the scene, they're having a wedding banquet and, and wine is an important part of that for the festivities and whatnot, then Mary. The Blessed Virgin realizes they've run out of wine, and, and so she says that to Jesus. He seems to be reluctant to perform a miracle, but he, go, he does. It, Mary says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Obviously, he tells them to go fill up these jars with, uh, with water. 
and they're not small. Do whatever he tells you. Now six stone jars were standing there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Just, that little phrase of St. John, there's a, there's a lot of... Um, <laughs> Out of volume there, it's literally with the wine in the in the jars, but uh, there's a lot of spiritual meaning. They they filled them up to the brim, usque ad sumo. They didn't do it halfway. Jesus said, uh, you know, "Fill the jars with water." Okay, put some water in it, half you know, half a jar full. Easier to carry back? No. They filled them to the brim. They really fulfilled the duty with, well, with love. And Lord, we want to do the same. Let's take, take that example of, of those good servants. And the Lord is asking things of us to be sure. Mary is helping us. She's pointing out, do whatever he tells you. And we want to listen to the Lord in these, these days of retreat, in our everyday lives. Um, there's this spiritual aspect of the spiritual life called, called the particular examination of conscience. It's a, a particular area that we're trying to, well, to love God in, to improve in, or to root out some vice, some area that we can, okay, like give our best there. Well, we, we can fill it up to the brim. There's this effort to love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. But it, being the humans that we are, we might, we might um, you know, cut corners a bit and make excuses for ourselves. And we don't want to do that without scruples, without being know, sort of rigid about things, but with love. We want to give our best to God with love. Love has no bounds in a way. And then good things happen when we do that. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the steward of the feast. And so they took it. When the steward of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, every man serves the good wine first. And when men have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Jesus, you are the good wine. You are everything. You're the best. I want to follow you. I want to imitate you. Like St. Paul, Paul seems to be constantly striving to, to imitate Christ, recognizing that he's a sinner, as we considered last night. He writes to the Romans in chapter 7, I see the good that I should do, but I do the opposite. The wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? So he recognizes his sinfulness, but he's trying. He's, making the, he's running the race. He's fighting the fight. He, he wants to win the laurel. He wants to keep the faith. And he's really sincere. 
when he says, it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's the goal is it's, let Christ live in us. And in different ways he projects that, that idea or, or that reality, hopefully, in, in his life. Not, uh, to have, uh, we must have the same mind as Christ Jesus. For me to live as Christ, we must put on Christ Jesus. So let's really aim for that with fire. Jesus has come to cast fire upon the earth, says, and, and would that it be burning. Well, it's, do I feel a certain fire? And if not, do I ask the Lord, Lord, give me fire. I, I want to live life to the full. Again, we have this tendency maybe to, to coast a bit, and then our Lord recognizes that, of course, in, in the book of Revelation. Um, St. John is near the, in the beginning here, the first few chapters, he's running to these different um, churches, Philadelphia and whatnot, and, and, and Laodicea. What does the Lord say to them? I know your works. You're neither hot, you're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. But because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. It's repulsive to the Lord to be lukewarm. We can be, yes, we can be dry, we can be sinners, we can, but if we're, it's got to be fight. Our Lord wants to see our effort. He wants to say, Lord, I want to come back. I want to. And we might trip up again, just like that pole vaulter. He's, okay, get back, get back up, get, try again, keep trying, ask the Lord. Be humble, ask the Lord for the help. But let's not be content in our lukewarmness. A recent uh, workshop for, for priests, there's an outline provided precisely about this you know, this danger of lukewarmness, uh, and, but it can serve, I think, can serve all of us here on this retreat. It applies the same, really, these things that are mentioned. These symptoms of lukewarmness might help us to examine our conscience a bit. Symptoms of lukewarmness include habitually seeking little compensations where one attempts to harmonize falsely one's dedication to God with a comfortable or worldly life. We're called to be saints. We're called to give ourselves completely to, to this gift of self. Jesus said, if you wish to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow me. Well, we have to sort of make that happen in, um, in, in our everyday lives. And maybe little things around the house or little things at work, but really make that effort to not seek little compensations. Well, I, I, need a, I just need a martini right now. I deserve a martini. I've been working hard. And okay, yeah, my wife's been working hard too, but I don't want to deal with the kids right now. I just, well, we have to, or those of you who are married, have to beware of that type of thing. Little compensations. And certainly priests, yes, indeed, to try to harmonize one's dedication to God with a comfortable or worldly life. 
other symptoms. A lack of mortification. We need mortification. We, we need to embrace the cross. We, we need to that grain of wheat that our Lord refers to. That grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies to itself in order to bring forth life. And so through mortification, it's in the sense of sacrifice, self-denial, a certain life, it's a sign of life. Something, something's going on there in a good way when we are willing to mortify ourselves for the love of God. And for that matter, for purification of our sins. I, as some of you may have heard of this um, Exodus 90 program. I know some fellows who are doing that. And it's just demanding. Cold shower. I don't know social media. Um, just get some, a little bit of exercise at least every day. I just it's, I'm like, prayer. I, okay, something. Let's do something, right? Mortification. Here we have Lent just around the corner. Let's get ready for Lent and and yes, live a life of self-denial. It's, the point is to prepare ourselves for Holy Week and Easter. And some people might even say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm older now. I, I'm, I don't do that silly kid stuff of giving up chocolate for Lent. Well, actually, that's a pretty good one probably for a lot of us. Yeah, it's still good. We do need to do something yeah, to feel the cross in, in Lent. So mortification. St. Josemaria said mortification, he called it an always norm. It's like the beating of our heart. We should always have the sense of... of um, of dying to ourself and not doing anything unusual or strange, but a lot of times that always norm of mortification will be sticking to the task at work. I'm tired. I want to just shut down and you know, watch some YouTube videos instead or look at some news items or sports scores. Well, no, that's, that's a chance for mortification right there, to, to stick to the task, to keep working. And that's a good sign that we're fighting against lukewarmness. Avoiding and not loving the cross, or just putting up with it. Do I love the cross? Do I do I see Christ there helping me when when crosses come my way? This Saint Thomas, in one of his books, he says, "Let's not be resigned to the cross. Resignation is not a generous word." Say, when the cross comes my way. Okay, Lord, you're here with me. I, I feel I, I'm human. I get cut. I bleed, but I'm going to embrace this. This is a chance to to help souls in ways I don't even know, perhaps, or make make up for my past sins or make reparation. So let, let's not just simply accept the crosses with resignation, but but rather see see them as a chance to be closer to Christ, Jesus, who died on the cross for me. St. Osmia writes in, in his, his book, The Way of the Cross. Perhaps he'll use it later today. It's part of the piety here, The Way of the Cross. For us to reach God, Christ is the way. But Christ is on the cross. And for us to go up to the cross, we must have our hearts free, not tied to earthly things or to earthly pleasures. Living the norms with little love, that would be a symptom of lukewarmness. We, we don't really put our heart into the, into the norms of piety. I take some time to pray. If I'm not even trying, if I'm giving into distractions, 
Well, this is a sign of lukewarmness. I mean, there can be dryness, and the saints went through dryness, it seems like, all the time. But they kept praying. They really tried to, to, to be open to the Lord, to you know, put their will there. And praying the rosary. If we pray the rosary, try to really put ourselves into the scene. Try to really pray. The spiritual reading or making a good examination of conscience, really trying to live these norms of piety with love. Neglecting little things. Indeed, St. Josemir would say, a little thing done for love is worth so much. And that can be a nice fight against lukewarmness. I don't know, maybe we use some tools in, um, in a common area, from a common area at work or somewhere at home. And okay, finish my thing. Oh, I'll, I'll bring the tools back later. I want to go do something else first. Well, out of respect for others, and it, not a sacrifice. Okay, no, I'm going to bring them back now. Put them where they belong. Someone might be, come along and need them. Just little things. The little things can be a wonderful way to keep the fire burning a bit. Just, I'm going to go make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament there, maybe the church down the block. Just to get out and get some fresh air, take a walk, but make that effort to go say hello to Jesus there present. A little thing, but that can be worth so much. I'm going to skip dessert for this friend of mine who just found out his wife wants to divorce him. I can, can, okay, there's a little thing for him to pray, offer it up for him. Keeping alive, keep, keep, keeping the spirit, uh, our spirit alive with these little things done for love. A lack of hope in the ascetical struggle that one fails to confront squarely and that leads one to neglect means that perhaps are seen as only necessary in the beginning, but that often are still needed. Keep going with it. Don't give up hope. We need, we need to be fed. C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity, he says we need to, to keep the faith going by reading and, and by going to church and, and, and by praying. He says that doesn't just stay with us automatically. We need to be reminded of what we believe in. And therefore, let's live that plan of life. And, and that, that does give us a certain hope when we feel the struggle slowing down a bit. Oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Uh, this. Oh, no. With God, all things are possible. If anything, that's just an excuse to give in to our lukewarmness if we give up on the, on the ascetical struggle. There are other symptoms uh, lacking daring in the apostolate. We, we're called to help souls along. Jesus, he called upon those apostles. He said to them, go out. And, and they, that's what they did. They went out to different parts of the world and then almost to the mad were killed for it. Well, the Lord sends us out, be a disciple. With naturalness, St. Josemaria would call it the apostle of friendship and confidence, but really caring for our friends, paying attention to what's going on in their lives. He's remembering their birthday, a little thing, but getting out of ourself and, and, and taking interest in those around us and the apostolate. Wow. 
effort to fulfill the indication, indications received in, in, in spiritual direction. It, it, a if, if we put those aside, if we don't take them seriously, there could be some lukewarmness in that. If the clearest symptom, however, is the lack of joy in the soul, the absence of peace. Lord, I, I want you to be my joy. If, if there's a lack of joy, there's something off. That's uh, one of the things that, that uh, my father Carver Hall said in his book on lukewarmness. Something is not right in the soul when we are unhappy. And our Lord is always there waiting for us. He wants to say rejoice. Rejoice again always. I say rejoice always. We have every reason to rejoice simply because God is our Father. God loves us. He never gives up on us. But if I'm not responding, if I'm not trying to correspond to that love, well, it, the results will, will, will show. We won't be happy, really. In one of those um, interviews with Peter Sewald made into a book, in this case, God in the World, Cardinal Ratzinger is asked to comment on these words of our Lord. I have come to set fire upon the earth. Would that it were already burning. And again, do you think that I have come to bring peace upon the earth? No, I say to you, not peace, but division. And Carla Rotzinger commented, that is a powerful saying. When he talks about fire, he means in the first place his own passion, which was a passion of love and was therefore a fire, the new burning bush, which burns and is not consumed, a fire that is to be handed on. Obviously a reference to Moses seeing, our, our, seeing that burning bush, and it's God's, God there before him. Yahweh, I am who am. <laughs> Jesus, is, in a sense, is the new burning bush. He's, he's, he's God. And in, in, the book, in the Gospel of John, of course, we have that recurring theme of Jesus. It really, in a way, in a subtle way, professing his, his divinity. I am. That's what God said to Moses there in the burning bush. I am. I am who I am. And, and Jesus and his preaching. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. He's, just, he's God. We, and, and he wants us to be close to him. He wants us to be close to this fire, this fire of love that Jesus is. And Carlo Ratzinger continued, Jesus does not come to make us comfortable. Rather, he sets fire to the earth. Some people want Christianity to simply be comfortable, just to be nice. It's just, you know, God, just make everything easy for me. Don't let anyone bother me. Don't let anyone offend me. Don't let anyone correct me. I just, I just want a nice, easygoing life, and that'll be a sign that God is here and that I'm a Christian. Well, it does seem that Jesus that taught that way or certainly didn't live that way. He did not come to make us comfortable. He wants fire. He wants, he wants to set the earth, fire to the earth, our souls, that love. 
the Holy Spirit. In apocryphal saying attributed to Origen, our Lord says, whoever comes close to me comes close to the fire. Okay, Cardinal Ratzinger picking up on that says, whoever comes close to him accordingly must be prepared to be burned. Especially nowadays, we ought to set these sayings against a vacuous Christianity that renders everything banal, a Christianity that would prefer to be comfortable and undemanding. Christianity is great because love is great. It burns. Yet this is not a destructive fire, but one that makes things bright and pure and free and grand. Being a Christian then is daring to entrust oneself to this burning fire. And Lord, here I am. You do what Mary say, is saying to us. Do whatever he tells you. Let's entrust ourselves to the burning fire of God's love. And begin again and again. And recognize our complacency at times. Would that you be cold or hot, but because you're neither cold nor hot, you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Lord, I don't want that. I want to really try to follow you. Try to, to win little victories during the day. This is little thing done for love. It's worth so much. There's some fire there when we're trying to live that way. And we can't look around at the world, a world that wants, well, is the as Cardinal Ratzinger said here, wants everything to, to be comfortable and undemanding and say, well, okay, well, I'm doing more than that guy or more than her. Well, no, that's not the measure. He's, our Lord wants, he wants our whole, our, our heart whole, giving, given to him and to, to his people. To find Christ, Father Carvajal says, to find Christ, our paramount goal, our one obsession must be that. And St. Josemir would say we can, we can discover the invisible God in the most visible and material things. We find Christ in our everyday lives, in our work, in our family life, in our rest. I've always loved this little phrase, just one verse of, of, of St. John after the account uh, precisely of the wedding at Cana. Now he'll go in pretty quickly to uh, Jerusalem with Jesus and, and where he casts out those merchants in the temple. But there's a little verse that happens in between those two things of chapter two. So after, the, after Cana, the, the, this is the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana and manifested his glory. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and there they stayed for a few days. Can you just imagine that? Jesus with his, with his disciples, with his mother, his brethren, his relatives, just being together, like almost like a little vacation or so, or maybe like a little retreat of sorts, but no, they probably had good conversations and took walks and good, just. I don't know, get a little activity, maybe some games, whatever they do, play. Jesus is human, Jesus loves us. He, I, he must have had a great time with the, the people there those few days in Capernaum. And that too for us is a way to live out our, our fire, our fervor. Just be there for people, be willing, willing to serve joyfully. I think just to use our imagination, those few days of, of Jesus there and Mary, and, I can get a lot out of that, I think. Just 
being with Christ and getting up and, and helping and pitching in. And, uh. and Dante in his Divine Comedy in the second book, Purgatory, in the uh, Canto 18, it's on sloth, the vice of, of laziness, basically. And, and he says, in that one, as the souls arrive to the terrace, as they've done in other cantos, other vices, but in this one, there's no, there's no time to pray. In the other six vices, the, the souls stop and pray a bit, and then, okay, they go on to purify whatever they need, you know, pride, envy, lust, or whatnot. But in the case of sloth, there's no time for that. And the point commentators say that he's making is that sometimes we can sort of hide behind prayer. It's a form of laziness. We know what we've got to do. Fill the, fill the jars with water. Okay, the Lord has said that. Jesus has spoken to that servant and those servants. Now, they don't need to stop and say, oh, well, I better pray about this. I'm going to sit down on a nice couch, get myself a, well, there's no wine, so I'll just have a beer instead, okay? Uh, and think about this. I think that's the right thing to do right now, just to ponder. No, that's not the time. Jesus said, fill the jars with water. They know what they got to do, and they do. They go and fill them to the brim. Well, let's be aware of that. Ah, the devil in disguise, which is, would be lukewarmness or laziness, when, oh, I gotta pray. I gotta pray about this. Well, no, the garbage can is there. Pick it up and take it to the corner. That's what God wants right now. Yeah, sure, there'll be, t of course we have to pray. We have to find the right time to stop and pray. But when it's time to work, which is most of the hours of the day, avoid sloth. Don't let that lukewarmness set in there. So there, there are practical ways that we can try to fight against this, this vice. Well, let's ask our blessed mother to help us along this, this path of giving ourselves completely to God. And now here in the Mass, a beautiful opportunity to give ourselves to God, to in a sense put our life on the patent with Jesus, who offers it up to God the Father. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.